Welcome to BSing with Sean K. I'm your host, Sean Neese. The K is silent. For new listeners, what I do is I BS with people who live outside the box and provide a platform for opinions that aren't often heard in the mainstream media. For this episode, episode 64, I'm going to play you a conversation I had with Adriana Hackett of Going Ape Shit Radio. Her show is broadcast on Newton Radio, and it can be found on under shows, Going Ape Shit. And it's a DIY music show. She plays local bands from uh, the New York area and from other places as well. And we also got into a debate about politics, uh, mainly talking about free speech, Antifa, uh, the alt-right, um, a lot of other interesting topics. And we kept it pretty civil and I think you'll find it entertaining. I like the direction this show is going and uh, with the more uh, debates and conversations rather than just just it being an interview because you know I want it to be real BSing. Anyway here's the episode I hope you enjoy it. Okay so this BSing with Sean K and Adriana Hackett of Going Ape Shit Radio. So what can you say about yourself and your show. Uh, so my show is going ape shit on Newtown Radio. Um, Newtown is fucking sick as hell. You should definitely check the website out and go to the shows tab and just look at how many different shows are on that website. There's music from any genre, any scene. Um, there's people making music on their show. There's interviews happening. There's people doing some amazing things. So find one that you like and start listening to it. Um, I don't like talking so much about myself, if you can tell. That's uh, <laughs> But so, you have to ask me lots of questions. <laughs> okay, so how did you get started with the... Well, maybe just like tell your story leading up to going ape shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, when I was born... No, I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> so, when I got the show, it was because of Bob Reich from Gimme Tinnitus and Alex Crochetti and Casey Savage from Serenity Now, um, I was just going there and like hanging out because why wouldn't you want to go hang out with your friends when they're playing music? Um, and Bob was like, from Give Me Tinnitus, was like, you should definitely like have your own. And he emailed like the people and they were like, okay. And I was like, wait, like why? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sick. This is perfect. It's fine. So you didn't have like, you, you, uh, you didn't do like a lot of radio before. You didn't like no, a... I've just been obnoxious uh, and loved music and been around some shit, and I feel like that's probably what just led that to happening. Um, I also talk a lot, so I'm sure like my friends like they play amazing music and they're so involved in like listening to music and getting um, like just finding and discovering bands of musicians who are playing their instruments really well and doing some new things. Um, but they don't really talk. They're not much of like the talkers. So I feel like for them, they're probably like, yeah, it makes sense that she has a radio show because she doesn't shut the fuck up. Also, am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Okay. People always <laughs> ask that. Yeah. It's, I think, I think it's like every episode that's masked. Can we curse? <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's like a no censorship kind of thing. I like that. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, how'd you get into the whole music? So you're mostly into metal or... I love punk rock. I love um, pop punk. I do like metal. I like a lot of black metal. Um, I like some sludgy, doomy shit. Um, but my my like first thing I really got into was The Clash. Um, and that was just because my dad would play it constantly. It was the only music that I wouldn't plug my ears to and like freak out. Um, I really didn't like Led Zeppelin growing up. I feel like I still can't really handle it, but I like will try because respect. Um, and also, it does sound good. I like the song Black Dog, like, and all the hits, but like some of those. Sorry, am I talking too much about Led Zeppelin? Oh, that's fine. <laughs> 
Um, so anyway, Spice World was a great movie. I love Spice Girls, but for me, it was Ska that, like, settled with my, like, love of, like, it was the first time I saw people who were regular people make music. Like, my uncle was in a band, but I was too young, and then my second cousin was in Catch-22, and so my dad and my aunt and my uncle would, like, start going to venues like Birch Hill um, in New Jersey um, to go see his band play, and I was, like, eight years old, like, drinking pineapple juice, standing on top of a bar, like, looking down at mosh pits, like, listening to this funny music with trumpets and trombones, and this guy screaming, and, like, you know, Scott is the best, <laughs> so fuck your grindcore, um, all right, <laughs> Sean, <laughs> Sean was in a grindcore band, guys. Oh, well, yeah, like, in uh, 2009, the... Uh... 2009 Nemesis Complex. That's 2008, pretty, that's so pretty cool. Yeah. I'm a Scott kid. Um, yeah. I started going to shows by myself. You're asking me to tell you the whole story. This is what you want. This is basically from yeah. birth. <laughs> like, I was born at a Scott show. No. Um, I'm not even embarrassed about it. I like Scott's happy music. Um, but that was, like, the first time I had enjoyed seeing live music, I think, and... I started going to shows a lot by myself, and those started turning into more screamo, um, indie stuff thrown in there, still ska, then it started turning into some punk shit, then it, you know, progressively got, like, you know, I started making friends with people, and their musical pr progressions influenced what I listened to a lot, so I'm actually, I'm really grateful for them to have delivered me from ska, um, it's not the only genre I listen to, but... Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, so so what is like your show entail? Just playing music or Um, playing music definitely. Um, giving the platform, I think, and like sharing and spreading bands' names. Um, I feel like when I was friends with people in bands and they would be sending me lyrics, I would be thinking, Oh my gosh, like that is really cool. Um, and then like watching this process of someone making lyrics and then creating um, riffs on their guitar to re meeting the right people, having their first band practice, jamming, doing anything, and then creating a song, creating more than one song, creating songs that you watch people react to. I think that is so amazing and so pure. And so like I wanted to support that from the start of it and I did it in small circles with friends and I want to do that more with other things like I think that the fact that so many bands I've seen play and didn't record you know what I mean like back in the day before the technology like you couldn't just record your band shit by yourself or like had a friend doing it like sometimes people wrote music and that music was unheard of like it was gone you know so I feel like what if I had this fear this irrational fear of um you know, my friends' bands never being discovered for their value, you know? Because I feel like I know people who really create some fantastic-sounding shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've, uh, you've been here in New York, like, a while, I guess, right? The, like, with music and... Um, only f I've only been here for five years, um, and I am a teacher, and so... As much music as in what what kind of teacher this? I am not involved in music in my so like I make this joke that's like dress <laughs> dress for the job you don't want to have. I've been doing that for five years. Um, I have like an uh, I have another life basically where I am a seventh grade literature teacher in Brooklyn and uh, I feel like I have friends who are like I can't believe that you're a teacher like that's really great. Obviously I trust you. I know you. I'm sure it's like fantastic, but. I also, like, have a hard time believing it because, I don't know, did you know I was a teacher? No. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I love kids. They inspire me. All children are pure and innocent beings. Nice. Love them. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, so how do you, so, what's, like, the latest, I guess, with your show and all that? Uh... Um, this past week, I just had a singer-songwriter from New Jersey. Her name is Marina Rose. Um, she just did two covers, um, but she, I feel like has been, she told me she started uh, writing some original songs, um, she doesn't have any musicians backing her right now, but she said on the show, um, if you go and listen to it, it's on my Instagram, which is going underscore 
apeshit underscore. Um, you could look, look, the link for Newtown Radio is in the bio, as well as newtownradio.com. And if you go to shows, you can go to Going Apeshit. It's episode 13. Um, but no, this girl just has a wonderful singing voice and doesn't really over sing. Um, and it really works for her. She's very confident. And I, I, I feel like I really, like, I, I most musicians who are doing anything have confidence because that's why they're doing it. So it doesn't really work if you don't. Um, but I just get impressed at, at things um, that are beautiful. And her voice was so beautiful. Um, so she came on and she did two covers. She did a, a Rihanna song and a... Um, the finesse remix with Bruno Mars and Cardi B. So like radio music and hits like that aren't really things that I go toward, but obviously that finesse joint is popping. So that's a great song. Um, but I like to keep the radio show a variety of things. And I also have never been embarrassed of music that I've also really liked. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, I only listen to this genre or like, give me like I only but that's actually not realistic and I have a hard time believing that um reggae is wonderful if you don't like reggae like you have a problem inside your brain (laughs) but yeah so I I feel like my show doesn't have rules I don't like rules personally I think so you're gonna do like bs and or you do interviews right um so so far my interviews I've Never, I haven't really taken them seriously as in terms of being like, oh, what are your biggest influences or, you know, like the typical, like when you watch musicians being interviewed, um, because I, I like, I don't know. I just, I've had also people I've known. So it's been like something I'm like, I'm not going to plan an interview for you. If I don't know you, I probably treat you a lot better and ask you real questions. So I genuinely want to know them. Um, but if you listen through the shows and you get to like the artists, um, they do sing, most of it is them performing, but there is some, like, there's bullshitting, um, but it's not targeted, and it's organic, and it's kind of like this. Okay. <laughs> but I also feel like, for my radio show, it's so much better, because there's music, and I feel like right now I'm talking so much, but this is what your podcast is. For me, what sparked me, like, really liking your show was, like, the political aspect of it, and I feel like since I be, like, I am around children, like, I've had to really take, um, agency over, like, okay, I'm around children, they are innocent, and they pick up on such subtle things, like, you know, growing up, I had teachers who, I could probably tell you how they would feel, like, in a situation, just because I felt like I really got to know who they were, and so, for me to be a teacher in New York, um, I'm a white person and I like I teach all black students, black Latino. Um, I don't have any white students and I never have. And so that's a big responsibility as a white person and a white like woman um, because I have been in environments where I felt like it really like there were things going on that I didn't necessarily think were right. Um, and also there's a lot of things going on in our country and in our world that I don't think are right that have a lot to do with race. Yeah. Um, like the stupid old right people. Right. Yeah. Um, so. Like the Jared, that, like that one, there's this one guy, he's uh, like Jared Taylor, he wears like a business suit and like, a business suit and everything. And it, it really is annoying like how he's getting like all these followers. Like, I'm sick that most white people want to be around white people and that's bullshit no it's total bullshit and it's I like you know like, I, th- I think what, what unites yeah. people is like similar values similar ideas similar it's disgusting interests yeah. white nationalism not, not, white supremacy yeah. um, like thinking that your race is superior yeah. while being a white person like that's disgusting yeah. and it's horrible yeah. and I really yeah. like I'm all about peace and love yeah. and like yeah. I and and, I, and like, if it's a and if it's no. a yeah yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, I yeah. don't wish ill on people. I'm all about, like, peace, love, yeah. whatever, figure it out. But, like, fuck those people. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, like, I I feel like they they offend the human race. <laughs> yeah. Um, and fuck yeah. them. Well, and any other, like, racial supremacist group. I mean, here, it's, like, whites are the majority, so that's the main thing. But, like, I don't like, right. I don't like black nationalists or black supremacists. I know there are groups like that, like Nation of Islam or... Uh, in uh like china i know like in certain asia like there's like different asian groups are race. i just don't like race somewhere ever but like here it's like the more dominant is like the white 
I yeah, like yeah. It's 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 something though that you have to like. I just wanted to point that out because then there's yeah. like the people like saying, "Oh, well, why can't whites care about the thing of other?" I don't like when any race excludes why, other races. Why like, can't? Yeah. It's, um, it's bad when anybody does it. Like I don't like any kind of like racial pride or like I'm I'm. I think better, racial yeah. pride is important when you have been oppressed. So. Like, do I, like, black power? Like, I'm for black power. Um, absolutely, like... But what about when the... But the thing is, though, so a lot of those groups, though, like... The Uhuru... If you look up the Uhuru movement, um, they... Well, it depends on what... It depends on what movement. If it's for, like, moving blacks forward in society. But there's ones that are, like, anti-Semitic. And don't oh, like Jewish people. Well, I'm that's any yeah. hate... Any hate at yeah. all? No. But saying that, like... You have pride in your race, bec- and also you are stepping up and speaking on years and years of oppression yeah. and white supremacy and colonization and saying, like, no, like, this is, like, what we are owed, and, like, this is what we want, and, and it's all things to, like, foster human life and, yeah. like, success and happiness, then, like, do it. Because there's a lot of people whose lives right now are not... Um, what they should be yeah. only because of the color of their skin um, yeah. and the years and years and years centuries of like the aftermath of huge things happening where people have like you know cops are still killing black kids like you like you know people are still walking yeah. on the other side of the street and that's a huge fucking mm-hmm. problem um, and it won't yeah. stop being a problem until people stop and start recognizing yeah. that like it's all fucking bullshit mm-hmm. I understand what they're saying about, like, the whole history and everything, but I can also see why, like, a poor white person in the Appalachia, they hear this stuff about, like, oh, you're white, you're pre-, if you say it in sort of, like, an antagonistic way, right. I think that's why a lot I of them, I think that yes. there's a lot of backlash for how the left has been acting, though. Like, the way the left has been making their argument, it's just been in yeah. kind of an antagonistic, condescending way. And I think that yeah. people that are kind of, you know poor or like uneducated it's like they, what are you they, saying like i grew up scraping by like getting change out of my car to get milk for my kids like what do you mean i'm white i'm privileged yeah i and totally they say it in a that. way that's just, yeah. and they say it in a way that just like i could understand the person just being like fuck you right. like, I, think it I think it's sort of a reaction yeah to the way the like i'm not saying i think there's been a lot of there is a lot of racism in the country too and that unmasks that and then there's people like Richard Spencer and Jared Taylor that aren't disenfranchised at all. Right. But I guess I could see why, like, working class white people that are getting shit on, not, and I know that they don't face the same thing with, like, race and all that. I think it's that they don't understand what's going on as a whole and what they're being messaged isn't the whole part of the story. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think that living in those places and being white and being poor, you're cut off from a lot of things. And I feel like the people saying those things and the way the news works is it's centered in, you know, urban cities and places where there are a lot of people. And so the people who are saying these things that are radical things... They're saying them as a direct effect of what they've lived and experienced, you know? So, like, where there is not as much of a diverse community, no, you don't understand the differences. So I feel like it's just so many things combined, but I I feel like the things that people are saying that need to be said about white supremacy and about white privilege it need to be said no matter who's listening and who's hearing it. Um... From my experiences, being poor and being white, like, there's a connection with being, honestly, racist. Um, And that's something I know is a generalization, and I try really hard to stay away from doing that because I don't think it's fair, and I don't ever want to put someone in a position where I'm making What do you think there's a way to, like reach those people does it i mean i think the internet helps a fuck ton yeah you know like if i if we didn't have the internet i think even bernie sanders said like talking about like getting a lot of people got mad at him for this like getting away from identity politics and focusing on class like so like everybody's needs are taking care of everything a lot of people got mad at him for that but i think a lot of the yeah identity politics we're seeing on the right is a reaction to the identity politics on I think equity... The way they're doing it. Not that they don't have any legitimate points, but I think that the way they've been doing it has been kind of antagonistic. Right. I think equity over equality, right? So if you're standing watching a baseball game from behind the fence and you are with someone who is short, who is medium, 
length and who's tall and you put out you know the exact same box for them that that might still be too short for somebody you know and so I feel like you have to look at it from a level of like what like what can we have so that like everybody gets what they need and I know that that is like socialism and I feel like a lot of people get really fearful of that but like social like the structures of that I feel like kind of work out I don't I know there's a lot of like issues where that like in our country the way that it works so much on honestly like people privatizing things to make money like I know I this shit's fucked up um but I do feel like people should get what they need and people are not getting what they need to survive yeah um and that goes for white you know there, yeah. that's why I, it's interesting I, I guess I just like, think I think you like stuff like when that what, what neither what, are white people you know Flint Michigan you know yeah. that's a that's it seems like it's a very diverse place and yeah. and so like no one's saying that those white people aren't like going through yeah. that you know and like there are also black people in that community too and like people just need what they yeah. need it's just something that's so such around us yeah. where we're constantly being bombarded with racism but i think we have to check that first before we can start helping anybody because like that is a yeah, large true. scale systemic like thing that is in every single institution you know yeah. well I guess, I guess what i'm thinking is uh, more like anecdotal but like when when uh like there's that thing like uh, obviously pointing out like you know, like, how there's that hypocrisy with, like, the stereotyping Muslims, all that stuff, like... Right. Like, they say, like, oh, we, we need a Muslim registry, but someone responded to that with, we need a white male registry, and I just don't think that that doesn't mean, affect... Like, the, my thing that's is, what, like, That's what yeah. I'm saying, but I'm saying, like, making arguments like that doesn't right. help make the prejudice go away. It, no, and that's... It enhances it. That's, I like, not that, fully understanding the, the thing, like, there should ideally, ideally in a perfect world, um... There shouldn't be this, like, we have to put this person there, put that person there, like, how about this, how about that? It's, like, for you do things for the right reasons. You just do things for the right reasons, and I feel like things are not being done for the correct reasons. Um, and I feel like, obviously, like, it's all relative, like, what are the right reasons? But I really feel like it comes down to, like, not wanting to put a negative impact on other people and not doing things that actively are, like, fucking over anyone. Um, maybe that's easier said than done. Like, I don't know other people's experiences. It's just something that I'm constantly thinking about because of, yeah. like, you have to be constantly thinking about it. Because um, I feel like if I didn't think about it, like, I feel like racism is ingrained, like, from like, growing up in, like, a white culture. It's it's subliminally, subliminally messaged to you growing up, you know. Um, and so I think it's something that's super important to work through because if you find the divide between people then everything will always be divided yeah. and nothing will ever be the way it should be it, things that's what i'm saying about a class is like the working class is made up of so many different groups yes. of people um there are yeah. people who are coming in from south america people who are moving from overseas people coming from all these different places in the world and they all have the same ideals and the same yeah. things in mind but there's a divide and it's because yeah. of like, well, I know, I know my, uh, my, my, <laughs> da my dad's father was like really, I never met him, but like my dad's father, my grandfather on my dad's side was very racist. And my dad said that the reason why his dad was racist was like, cause I guess that's like a, it was like a way to, cause he was like a, a super poor guy. It was a way to feel like superior to someone cause he felt like he was illiterate yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Not that that justifies or anything, no. but I, th I uh, think that yeah. that's. I think that those type of people, though, can be reached. I don't think people like Richard Spencer or Jared Taylor, because no. they're educated right. and they know what they're right. doing. But right. Like, I'm saying, like, I think people that are just prejudiced out of ignorance can be reached, but I think people that are... There's also people that people are just that way, who though. who have good intentions. And so here's the thing about, like, making generalizations is I don't actually know or understand. I assume that, this that like, people have good intentions deep down. And so it's shocking to me when I, like, see people, like, the people you're naming saying and spewing such wrong things and don't, like, it's, I find it very hard to believe that they don't understand the negative impact they're having on other people, yeah. you know? Um... Well, like, a lot of those alt-right guys are, like, rich, college-educated people, so they have no excuse. That's like, just so disgusting because it makes me... It makes it seem like they have, like, blackened souls and, like, they are fucked. Like, and yeah. I have a hard time... I want to that's, that's that, why. That's know? why, yeah. 
That's why it's, I think it's a complicated thing. Cause I, think I know, I, like, like, the people in Appalachia are, like, good people, and they're not, like, fucking... Yeah, and I think education could have helped. Right. But then, like, it's interesting, because I went to, I went to uh, Greenville... South Carolina, that's like in the South, and like people were more integrated, and there was like more blacks and whites hanging out there than in New Jersey, where it was just like the suburbs, where like there was like white areas and then black areas, and the white areas like, well, whoa, a lot of blacks do this and that. That's crazy. Like, yeah, right. like, like I, I thought, for, I felt like people yeah. were more like enlightened, like about that kind of stuff in South, and where I when I went to Greenville. You were that surprised. Short. By the way, shout out to Hideous and Yusuf and. Caleb and you guys, if you're listening, you're, you guys are awesome. So. <laughs> um, uh, I feel like even for me, like, speaking on these issues as a white woman is something that's, like, that's scary because you see a lot of people speaking on things and missing the mark entirely and saying things that are very offensive. And so to talk about this So you think we important. said something that's offensive? No, I don't. But I think that people who, like, aren't constantly... Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be... I mean... I, I'm Jewish and like I have yeah like I, a, a Cherokee like I think great grandfather like on my dad's side so like I wouldn't be welcome into the alt right club <laughs> anyway so <laughs> yeah well they yeah. definitely don't want me either because I've fucking like stabbed them but um, yeah <laughs> so. I wouldn't want to be I'm glad I wouldn't be in their stupid ethnic no. state so no yeah. I, I'm like you know there are still swastikas being drawn in this city like so. Every, you know, there's sh- fucked yeah. up shit happening. And my thing is that, like, I just, I, I don't know the answer about, like, See, why people think, are bad. Like, yeah. why are you a bad you ever, person? You know what else I think is inflating uh, their popularity? I mean, yeah, there is the race in America. I was reading about this thing called the Streisand effect. Um, the more you suppress something, the more it grows. Because it used to be that, you know, the, these guys have always been here, like the all right, right. But they used to be, a few years ago, like even five years ago, you go on YouTube, they're being laughed at, made fun of, called stupid. They were a joke. So, But now it's like, now that they're doing the things like the Berkeley, like trying to get this guy to go. I mean, So I can't my- believe that schools and universities allow these people to come in and speak at all. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? You have students yeah. that go to your school and the whole thing is, oh, we, you know, checking the box off that you are Asian or Latino or Pacific Islander or, you know, if you're black and checking that off as a, you know, you, you, and them trying to fill a quota for you. That just shows how racist this country is in general, you know? There are schools who you're, they're filling a quota for you and then they're not even trying to pretend like they're here because they're inviting those people to come speak on your campus. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to be keeping people safe. Which well, see, see, but the problem with that is that they do that even when it's not people that aren't necessarily all right people, though. Like they're just like conservative people. Like uh, I don't like Ben Shapiro at all. Right. But like he's not like Richard Spencer. Right. Like I don't. Uh, I feel like if they don't engage with someone like him, or they just ignore. I just yeah, but that there gives was a school. More, I forget the he, name, but there was a school who invited a member, like a had a member of the alt right coming to speak at the yeah. school. And I'm pretty sure it happens, you know? So, like, sure, invite your politicians, but, like, don't invite the person who's literally just spewing hate. Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I mean, I I agree, like, they don't bring anything being brought there. Like, don't even debate with them. Like, just cut them out. That's my thing. Yeah, but I just just think Antifa's helping the right, though. Because they're turning people off to the left, and then they're going to the right. But that's the thing is, like, what are they doing that's turning people off? Like, what exactly... Well, because it makes it look like they're against free speech, and that's the way they paint it, that they don't want opposing ideas. Because then they go attacking people that just have, like, a Trump shirt that they don't even know anything about that person other than... I think that that's... I mean, here's the thing. Antifa is, like... It's it's everywhere. And so people who are doing things and, like, claiming Antifa, like... Are those truly like what is anti? What what is that? What is antifa? Like what is being anti? Well, that's the problem. But that's the problem with groups like that where there's no like real leader. But they're. But I think that that's the power in it. You know, the power that this stands for. This stands for something, and you don't you don't know the story behind the guy with the with the. Are they going and attacking someone just for no reason? What about the guy that, you know, the antifa member who punched that guy in the face? I forget his name because that's the thing. I don't want to remember a fucking Nazi's name. But, like, now he still has all kinds of followers on Twitter. What, what was accomplished, though? Like, I'm not saying I have sympathy for him. I'm I just mean, saying, like, the, the image of seeing someone standing up for the right thing, um, like, I don't, you know, do you, like, 
when people say that Malcolm X was violent, when when people say that Malcolm X, well, I mean, Malcolm, be, I, I don't think, I I don't know. I think Malcolm X was had a little was a little bit more like gutsy though. Sure, sure, sure. Because I mean, this this guy just kind of ran off. No, I would, but like that's the thing is, and I would never like, um, you know, compare that. But I think that there's something to be said about like the fact that what what one person views as being violent, um, there's a like, what is the other perspective on it? Like, why is someone being is someone being violent? I'm just saying I don't see like what it accomplishes because it's not like okay. So so when those people. Like, I don't think a, a bunch of guys with masks punching people are going to stand up to, like, a white supremacist game with guns if it comes to violence. Like, I think the better tactic is to spread better ideas to the majority who aren't white supremacists because the majority is not with Richard Spencer, and then those people will lose their relevance. Because, like, the, the reason why people are going to them is because there's not an alternative answer being offered. Because like, there's not one answer to this. There's so many different angles of sickness, and that's where I think yeah. But the all the comes. but all I don't see any of these white supremacist guys scared of Antifa. They mostly just say, "Oh, those Antifa pussies all get that." Like, it's not. I don't see what it's not like working. That they're thinking they're intimidating yeah. them into not doing it. It's just saying it's ineffective. I think the Antifa that you see in, in like on the media, like the fact well, that, that, that they're even a part of the media is like. A good thing, you know, like I think that I think it's obviously uh, radical and like, but I also feel like, what else do you do? Like, I, I think the people who are out in the street, like wearing um, the black face masks, like with, like, you know, with that group and doing those things because, like, they don't have to be putting themselves in danger, and many of them are. And it's yeah. for things that need to be done that other people aren't doing and I feel grateful like I was in California and there was a protest going on and I talked to someone who headbutted a Nazi and like punched the Nazi like in the face and like I was talking to him about it because I was like did you actually I don't believe you tell me more um but I like thanked that person and was like thank you like I'm literally here at the park with my friends and like you punched the Nazi today like thank you so do you think do you think Hitler would have been unsuccessful if people went around punching people who agreed with them? I think that that was a very different time period and I like think back to people who had who were forced to make a choice and like are you going to stand with your values and stand with Well, I'm all for standing with your values I mean, it's life and death Like, this is not on the same level as that because like the Nazis and the Gestapo, they had fucking... They would, like, they'd murder you. Like, so I feel like if you're standing up and you're willing to die for that, then, like, I think that you are amazing. But I also feel like if more people could have stood up for the Nazis, they would have. But here's the thing. Like, people had a choice. How did they let that happen? I don't know, but I think that that was a societal sickness that was started way before Hitler. You know, it's not like someone wakes up and says, like, let's take all these Jewish people and kill them. And everyone's like, oh, wow, we're really scared. Okay. See, but all, that's something all I, that see, but when people I look had up, to make a moral yeah, choice. See, but when I look up Antifa on YouTube, all I see is, like, right-wing propaganda using that to gain more sympathy. I don't see, like, a, a lot of... I don't see, like, a big positive thing happening from Antifa. I see more... I see its strength giving more to the right... Than it's giving to the... I don't think Antifa is meant to be in the media like this. <laughs> I mean, like, I think it's a, it says something about the current state of our political affairs. And I think that the people, like, looking and thinking critically are asking themselves why. Like, what is this group for? Why are they doing this? And so I think it spreads information. But, like, do I... Like, mainstream media, you know, like, mainstream discussions on politics... I feel like a lot of there's just so many there's just so many factors of it that this can this conversation can make your head fucking spin off and fly down Lexington. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but I just don't get you. You punch someone in the face, so that doesn't make the racism go away. I'm not saying like oh, like I I, I feel bad for Richard Spencer because yeah, he he do it to but, people who disagree with him. Yeah, because he he doesn't he doesn't really care about uh, free speech or any of that. I feel like it's all relative, right? Like, so what do you do when you see? But you see a that. How, but race? where do you draw the line, though? How do you decide which ideas 
deserve like violence and which don't. Because then there's people on the right saying they think like BLM is a terror. There's people. I'm there's to you. Yeah. Well, okay. Like, let me. I'm listening to you. Um, my thing is like, what if you were in Staten Island on the day that Eric Garner was getting harassed by the police? What does that have to do with Antifa? What would you do? What would you do if you saw Eric Garner outside selling cigarettes and you saw the cop doing that? Would you keep walking? And that is the difference between Antifa and any other people. Is I believe that the People who are a part of that group compared to other people are the people who would see that happening and step right in and be like, what the fuck are you doing? And I really believe that. And, you know, like, maybe I'm just someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. But at the end of the day, all these politicians and all these people were paying attention to the news and what's going on in our government. When you're on the street and this shit is happening and taking place, what are you doing? I guess I just don't see... What are you going to do? I'm not asking you, I'm asking the world. But I guess (laughs) I just don't see the connection, because Antifa hasn't been going and stopping uh, police brutality. They haven't been going and, like, saving anybody. I've just mostly seen them attacking people that aren't even necessarily white supremacists, all of them, and then getting their ass kicked. Like, mostly I see them... The only reason... I don't affiliate with any, like, group at all. I'm just saying that that's the group that I feel like would... Also, he yeah. hit him and he ran off and he wore a mask. Like, what is that? That doesn't show, like, any I kind don't, of bravery. Like, I'm that's sorry. the thing is, if you are someone who's, like, rebelling against this system and there is no organization or collective of people, like, you know, this isn't India in 1970s, like, 60s, where they're, like, getting together and actively trying to like figure this thing out and like making decisions like this isn't Ireland this isn't the IRA where but like you know at what point like will it get to that I don't know like I hope I don't think so I hope not I guess I just don't see but Antifa is if I don't I don't believe is this organized cell that's like I think it's a bunch of people who are like I'm gonna go fucking punch a Nazi because why not (laughs) alright so people aren't caring about okay but then there was that one protest that they went and they punched a Nazi and they got stabbed so what was accomplished and they ended up oh I think I saw a picture of that like who who do you think's gonna win if it's Antifa versus like armed Aryan nation Nazis are Aryan Nation Nazis armed? Yeah. Well, I feel like the people who identify with Antifa would also be like, let's go beat their asses and get guns. But that's the thing is, like, it's not, that's not, I don't so think then, that's happening. So, <laughs> that's so not that, happening. Well, I know, but I just don't get Don't even the speak end, it into the existence. But I just don't get what the end goal is. All right, so you go there, around, I don't you, think you there go around punching Nazis, like, eventually, their whole ideology... Right. Uh, well, what's anyone's whole... end goal? That's a, that's a, that's an individual thing. Like, if you like, like you know, hip-hop, like, what's your end goal? Not everyone is going to, like, dress up and, like, walk around and be like, my end goal is to also, like, be, like, a hip-hop star. Like, if you're... If you identify with being an Antifa, that's fine. But, like, I don't think that you could say, oh, one person so who identifies like with that. It's just a thing that's happening in response to things happening. But that just... I don't know, that just sounds... That, I, I think just if you're so caught up see... on the grouping and not so much as, like, there are actually people, everyday people, who are going around and being like, fuck you, you know, I don't think there's enough of those okay. people. <laughs> I mean, if if there were, like, actual, like, KKK going out on the street and violence was, like, the only option, like, or, like, let's kill them before they kill us, like, yeah, then i support it. Sure, but, but don't but you think that... I don't think that some idiot troll like Richard Spencer... Just saying a bunch of hateful bullshit on the end. Like, I don't... Uh, words are important. Hearing people speak and what that does to you, um, validating hateful ideology is so... so does, but imp- does that like, hateful ideology go away if you just punch people in the face and you don't... Um, I think it keeps people fucking grounded. Uh, you know, like, I think being a kind person is difficult in this place. And I think... Um, being someone who sees injustice and doesn't turn the other cheek is um, very rare. And I think that you brought up World War II before, and I feel like that is, like, there are things that have happened in history that you cannot, that, like, they are horrible, horrible things. Are there horrible, horrible things happening right now? Yes. Are they happening in our country? Yes. You can't, like, put people's pain and people's struggle on this, like, one standard, like one shoe fits all. Like there are injustices. Okay, but so what? So what? In, I just don't. I guess I'm I mean, just they're trying. just the people. People like fighting, 
I support people who fight for other people. I support people who okay. care about other people. So ha- what 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 uh so what connects the what connects so have any have any black people been helped by Bridger Spencer being punched? I feel like I can't answer that question, but I feel like if Richard Spencer weren't getting punched, um, could that be doing more harm? Yeah, I like the fact they got punched. <laughs> and see, um, I th- I when th- I see that video, it validates see, me. See, I think when rid- people ridicule him and tell him, uh, say how stupid his ideas are, because when they, when they punch, when they show this, like, they're afraid, they're giving, they're feeding into his narrative, like, then he can, because he, then he can go on and he can be like, I was punched for my free speech. Now think, I'm gaining... And then he gained sympathy. I think um, the fact that he was punched and people gave, gave, him, gave him sympathy are already the people who are fucked up anyway. You know? Like, people who are going to really see that... See this for what it is and still pick the alt-right side and be like, oh, there were people who were already going to do that. And so I don't think it gained anything. But I think the actual act of him getting punched... And the actual act of, you know, people breaking windows and, you know, like, yeah. I think that that's important. And I think if you have but the privilege see, to punch I, people I, and not, like, you know, punch people, <laughs> damn, that's your choice. But all I see this leading to is them eventually just, like, be, get, punching someone and then getting stabbed by one of those neo-Nazi people. Because with the tattoo, and I'm not talking about Richard Spencer, I mean, like, tattooed, like, carrying knives, carrying guns, like... This is American History X. <laughs> no, uh, there's I still mean, people that's, like that. I'll kill uh, them. Yeah, there are. <laughs> uh, see, that's well, the if there, if there aren't pe- if there <laughs> are, but if there aren't people like that, then what's the the fear? I mean, obviously so there, there are. Never people. will be people like I think that there's either I don't know what I'm talking about because I said before I don't know shit about anything, but like there's this one side that's like, do you let those people gain? their power and gain more emotion in their hateful ideologies. You know, I said before, I don't believe people are actually... Well, I'm saying, I'm saying I think it's like... (laughs) I think the more you suppress something like that, the more it grows. I think it's... So you think by by alt-right members getting punched, it it creates a hateful, hateful rhetoric that keeps it in cycle where it's like... I think it's the whole thing. I think it's... I think it's... I think it's what's happening with the, the protests and the... The shouting mm. these people down. I think it's. But it's, what do you do? You let them speak, and then you let policymakers make decisions. You know, policymakers. No, you refute. Uh, I think you refute their arguments. But who's refuting the arguments for us in government? Who is winning these arguments for us? There are people on the streets punching people and lighting shit on fire. I hope I haven't seen any videos of lighting shit on fire, but I'm all about it. Start lighting some stuff on fire. There was like a, you know, like. There are people in the streets doing that, and not well, people what, in our what, government. What were they lighting up? What were they lighting on fire? Um, stuff. <laughs> I'm a okay. teacher. I can't talk about the Molotov cocktail. So was that? Did that stop? That was did that st- at the cop so, bar. Like. <laughs> okay. Um. No, I just feel like any people standing up against. So throwing a Molotov cocktail at a police car is going to end police brutality. Hmm. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think know. that. I don't think that. <laughs> I. people are dying and people are scared to yeah. be alive like do you downplay that, sound- that or do you just do you but that just that? sounds like it's gonna make more people die and then it's gonna make the country go into like a civil war i don't see it going in a good direction like i don't, I don't think it ever was going in it it depends on who you talk to like well i'm not it, saying it's going to a good it but going, it's just, i know? think it's i don't see how it's making anything better i think it's waking people up and i feel like do I think that everything I think is golden? No. Can I sit here and like talk to you about this? Yes. Um, do I know a bunch of facts and dates and things like that and like the name of all these senators in this state and that yeah. state and no. Um, but I feel like. But the thing is, he's a, a, like a, I mean, we had the Trump and the Steve Bannon, but we don't have. Like I think the further this goes, like he's, I think he has more of a chance of gaining power. The more we pay, we keep paying attention to Richard Spencer. It's like how the media. Comes. I'm not paying attention to Richard. See, that's the thing. Is it's it's. But he's interviewed on like everything. He's interviewed on like Al Jazeera. What it was? What was it? Al Jazeera? He was on. They interview him on Vice. They I think. I think. Okay, so Al Jazeera. Like I think they did this. Vice. They did this same thing with Trump. They kept focusing on Trump. They, they, they instead of like saying what they were going to do instead of the Democrats and the left saying, oh, what, what are we going to do to fix income inequality? What are we going to do 
for this and that, they just kept focusing on, oh, Trump, 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 Trump. The media kept saying this Trump, Trump said this, Trump said that. And then everybody just thought about Trump. That's the thing about They're doing the, the same thing with the alt-right and yeah. Richard Spencer and these white nationalists. They're just focusing on them, like, all the time and just in, yeah. you know, giving them a platform, giving yeah. them legitimacy. And then they feel like they're doing something important. They think that the reason why people are trying to shut them down is because what they're saying is true. Yeah, and I think that there's also lenses you have to look at it. You have to look at it as someone who is taking in information, and you also have to look at it as, like, what information is being given to you, and I don't think information should be censored, because I think you cannot make adequate decisions if you're not hearing. That's the thing, is, like, I might be contradicting myself saying, like, do not let hateful people speak, right? But the fact that you know that hateful people are trying to speak... I think that that's important, right? Because if, if all those people were hidden in the shadows, then you couldn't fight the bad guys. And, like, you know, my thing is, is, like, I think bad guys should be fought. And that's... <laughs> bad so guys that's should be fought. A, but how do, you, how do you decide what's, like, hateful speech, though, and what's not? Because then you, you, you call one thing hateful speech, then there could be somebody who, like, censors... Like something that's when you're speaking out against other groups of people and other races of people and making hateful general generalizations that like affect the quality of life of innocent people, you know, I think that that is something our country is very good and sinister at doing is like painting people as villainous who aren't quite villainous. And, um, I don't know how it all started. Um, but it's something that is real. And I feel like, it but there's people, people on the, the right that would want to, like, censor progressive ideas, where they call it communist, or they, they, they think that Black Lives Matter hates cops and wants to kill cops, and they wouldn't want, you know, someone from Black Lives Matter to speak or whatever, you right. know? And it's like the same... Uh, I think that that's the, a lack of understanding. But the same thing that lets them speak right. lets those people. It's well, kind of like Black you can't, Panther group, um, like, people not supporting the Black Panthers and what they stood for, you know? And that's, like, I think that things get really muddied up, but at the center, you have to figure out what, what's at the center. Like, what do, what do people want? And I feel like the groups of people who I feel like shouldn't get to have a platform is you have to look at, like, what's at their center. And I feel like people aren't thinking critically. Like, if you look at Black Lives Matter and you think that that is a, like, something out to get you and to ruin your life, like, you're an idiot. Like, yeah. Black Lives Matter is not, like, here for anything other than equity and equality yeah. and, like, spreading information and getting people to survive. Yeah. Do you think somebody should be allowed to... Do you think someone should be allowed to question Black Lives Matter or, like, not disagree? Like, what if there's a black person yeah, who I, doesn't agree with... Black, they don't necessarily disagree that, about, right. or, you know, well, ending racism right. and stuff. But what so if they just... about fascism. Like, like, you have to be careful, right? Like, you can't say in either side, like, okay, well, we're going to say this and there's no... Like, I'm going to control you and do all these things. Like, I think you have to question things and you have to have people push back on you and, like, really... Also, too, like, if people... People have to push back on you to see if they trust what you're saying. Like, I feel like there are a lot of people that just go with whatever. Like, you watch Fox News because it's been on in your house, and all of a sudden, now you're a psycho because you are a conservative freak. Um, <laughs> and I feel like you have to be someone who is seeking information and constantly making connections and comparing. You have to be a critical thinker, and that's the problem with our school systems. And that's why I'm still a teacher and not getting drunk right now. No, I'm only kidding. Um... I think that critical thinking skills are something that a lot of people lack, and I think that it's because of education, and I think um, in the poorest of places in America, the education system is a total failure, I think even in New York, it's a total failure. Um, in communities where there aren't, you know, private schools or communities where their tax money isn't going straight into education, like, our whole country's education system is broken, and it definitely, like is affecting the way people are thinking and interacting with society um, because a lot of people aren't interacting with society and that's the problem in itself. Like, if you were interacting more with the way people live and the way you live and the, even the things you eat, you would be more aware. And people, I think, are unaware. Uh, what do you think? you think people suck? Uh, yes <laughs> and no. It depends who, who, depends who you focus on and everything. Right. Well, I try to focus on good people and I love... You know, I love good peeps, no shitty peeps. Uh, so any final thoughts? Like, what do you want to say about your show and, like, what people can expect, what people can listen? Just uh, anything we didn't cover just before we wrap up? 
Um, listen to Going Ape Shit on NewtownRadio.com. It's every other Thursday. The next show, I'm pretty sure, is March. Let me look on my calendar. Um, March 29th is the next show. Um, and I think we have a musical guest that day. It's Jack Names the Planets. I don't know when this when this is coming out, what you're recording right now. Um, but we have a few shows coming up. And I have an Instagram. It's at going underscore ape shit. Um, and you could follow the radio show. I post a lot about musical guests coming in, some shows happening. Um, I, I publish the local and DIY bands that I'm taking and, and playing on the show so their names get out there. Um, and... Yeah, uh, thanks, Sean, for letting me come on and bullshit with you. I really think that I had a good time, and I really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so the format of your show is like, you, because I, I listened to some of I mostly heard just music. I didn't hear yeah. you talking. Um, but you sometimes do interviews? Is that like yeah. after? I, I didn't um, know. I'm a music guy, so like when I start it off, I'll say like, hey, what's up? Like, here are the local, because I really want to push those bands. Um because I really want them to get, like, the, you know, the people listening to their music, because it's it's hard, you like, to be a musician in, in the DIY scene to spread your music around just by yourself. Everyone needs help. Everyone works together to do this. So that's, like, my main thing is, like, giving the platform out, getting people's music, their art out there. Um, and so on the show, if you listen to a show, you get through, you know, half-hour music, and there's a musical guest who I'm talking to and bullshitting with, you know. BS. Yeah, we're BS. Yeah. Um, and then they play, and um, they'll do usually like three songs, and maybe we'll bullshit a little bit in between, and a little after, and then it'll go back to music again. It's a two-hour show, so it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Um, there's a lot of different music on there, some screams, um, some nice vibes, some peaceful sounds, and also some like shrill noises, but I think all together it's, it's good, and... Uh, I think that you will enjoy it if you give it a chance. <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, that throws it for this episode of uh, BS. I think it ended up being like really interesting when we just got into the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think I had a good time. I did have a good time. Yeah. Um, thank you for letting me speak on things that I am passionate about. Yeah. And, I like uh, it when it gets into the bigger issues. And I think this kind of fits with... Because you were saying the other... Now this like really fits like with the other... Yeah. I... Yeah. Definitely. I I feel like I feel good about it. I think yeah. there's more that because I've been wanting to talk about those topics. It's just like yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm glad we did, and I feel I feel good. So yeah, we'll hang out again soon. <laughs> All right, sounds good. And nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Yeah, because uh, like you were following me on Instagram, like looking at the posts, and you listen to yeah, some of that. yeah. Um, that's awesome. I'm excited to hear like back what we talk about. <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, yeah, and you said... And fuck Nazis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Black Lives Matter rules. And Black Teachers Matter. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that, uh, that does it. All right. Take care, guys. Bye.